Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, just the two of us bringing you a little preview of the Derby tonight. Um, I've got Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, are you well? I not too bad actually. Uh, pretty good form. Good to have real football back, even though it's a bit weird, but it is it is real. Um, yeah, and great to be chatting about about a Liverpool match coming up. So uh, decent form indeed. What about yourself, man? Yeah, it was uh, it was strange just watching the second half with you there because I I didn't see loads difference because I had the sound off and I was talking to you, so you know it. It didn't seem. It seemed like just a standard, standard Premier League game of football. It was United and it was Spurs, and they were both pretty shite. fucking shite. Aye, and it ended up being a fairly dour one-all with Mourinho doing standard classic Mourinho. Do you remember? Do you remember when? Um, do you remember when everybody was talking about these new coaches he brought from Lidl and he was going to become this more progressive style of manager and everybody kind of went, oh, that's interesting. Actually, maybe maybe he's taking the time off to like be a be a a, a pundit and, and watch like Guardiola and Klopp and reflect and and like advance himself. Well, he well he clearly hasn't because that was literally like watching a game of football from two thousand and eight. Hundred percent. It was just a PR move, wasn't it? Like to do all that. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing this pundit stuff, and I'm really um, advancing and kind of learning, and you know, I'm, I'm humble, Jose now. Yeah, I'm Mel, I'm mellow, Jose. Yeah, just, um, just give me a job, and then we'll see what happens. All right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was good. It was, it, it should, he really should be a politician, shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, it worked. Um, but to be fair, like you said, I watched it there, and I watched it with the sound on, and. It's it's actually a bit better the the pump sort of you have a choice not like you can watch it with natural sound i.e. no sound just the the kind of player shouting and you know manage manager shouting from the touchline and that kind of thing or you can watch it on the other side and you get like crowd noise pumped in and yeah the crowd noise isn't isn't great like but it it does for me make it better anyway it's it's better watching it like that than than with no sound at all just just natural sound um, so that's helped. I'm finding it a better experience than watching the Bundesliga, certainly. Um, probably because I care about it more, which is fair enough. It helps. Yeah. Um, but all in all, yeah, not that much has changed. I mean, you, you could say in the match tonight, for example, that neither side was, was at their best, neither side was that sharp, yada, yada. But, you know, have they been at their best or that sharp at any point this season? I would argue no. And um, I would argue that they weren't that far off of where they've been for most of the season. Um, certainly, if you if you if you allow for a little ring rustiness, so not that much did seem to have changed there. Um, I watched the game earlier as well, and um, Southampton were just far better than Norwich. Norwich were, I think, they kept in it in the first half, but then Southampton just pulled away from them and and hit them on the break several times and, and did them and could have could have had more than three. Um so there was nothing nothing really new there either. Um so it's a bit weird certainly watching it without fans. Um and I, I know it's putting some people off like what's your what's your take? Uh, do you know what I haven't watched a load of football. In fact I've watched pretty much no football until I flicked um I flicked 
City and Arsenal on the other night, and again, I was I was kind of working um, while I had it on beside me, and I was glancing on it every now and again, and you know, maybe taking in five minutes here and five minutes there, but you know, I had again, I had the sound off, and I was watching it. It, it, it was just pretty much exactly the same. It was it was City with loads of possession, playing really good football. It was De Bruyne being brilliant? It was um, Ederson being erratic. It was David Louise being absolutely catastrophically shite as usual. <laughs> you know, it was um, it was Arsenal losing three nil away at a top four side for like the twenty sixth time in a row, convincingly. And it was kind of like it's just slipped right back into where we were. Yeah, it's almost like it's never off. been away. Huh? You know, and I think there's, I think there is a lesson in that. <laughs> People are drawing all sorts of conclusions from from the Bundesliga, but about home and away form and things like that. But the bottom line is, what I've seen so far is, good sides are good sides, and bad sides are bad sides, and indifferent sides are indifferent sides. And I think, regardless of atmosphere or fans or whatever. I cannot see there being a massive... I can't see if you played a full season with no fans and a full season with fans, there would be a load of difference between what the league table looked like at the end of each season. That's an interest. That's an interesting one because you're maybe right over the course of the season. It, it, you know, it might not be totally different. You might... You, the interesting thing would be you might pick up the points in, in different games because where it does seem to make a difference is... <clears throat> where you've got perhaps a, a small team that's been doing well against big clubs at home, um, but, you know, generally struggling away against everyone and perhaps not picking up as many points at home against against average teams in the league. So, like, a, in the Bundesliga's example, like Union Berlin, then you're not getting your, you know, where you're where they're getting a lot from their crowd. It's, it's a very small ground. Um, it's mostly... Standing, um, I think it holds twenty seven thousand or something, but it's mostly standing, um, and you can touch the players from the from the um, sidelines, basically uh, from the stand. Sorry, um, so you're really on top of the pitch, so it's really it's really loud and quite intimidating there. So they've been they they've struggled at home um, against teams where they they normally have put up more of a fight, and certainly. Um, perhaps picked up more points. But then it's kind of evened up a little bit more away from home for them. They've, they've done a little bit better in the last couple of games away from home, which they hadn't been doing previously in the season. So so it is it is quite interesting that perhaps over a season you might be right. Um but this this isn't yeah. a season at this point. This is nine games and it's the run in and you've got to imagine that certainly some teams will suffer from not having their home crowd there. I'm thinking Villa. In this in this scenario, yeah, or or Burnley or or teams like that. I just think yeah. with with when it comes to home and away and the fans' impact, I think what it what it gives with one hand, it, it takes away with the other. You know, yeah, um, yeah, I think so, maybe. Um. So yeah, we'll 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 wait and see. I guess. Um, but how far off? Just just while we're touching, just while you mentioned our, the the city master, how far away are Arsenal? Like, oh miles. Right. Miles, and you know what? To be fair, they weren't awful until Louise came on. Yeah, you know, they weren't awful. I think 
they're they're kind of Wenger's wet dream if you replace like three players and it was the quarter final of the League Cup um, with your Gwendouzis and Sakas and Willocks and what did you call that fellow played through the middle um, that was at Leeds Reese Davis no uh, I can't remember I can't remember you know who I mean though don't we'll you have, we'll have to look him up I'm sure someone will know I'm sure who, someone listening will know who I mean but anyway you know he, he looked lively and dangerous and you know tyranny at left back and things like Gwendouzi and you know it, but that's really that from 10 years ago was like I say it's it's an Arsenal League Cup quarterfinal side um, it's not a side that you put out away to Manchester City no, I mean they're miles off. They really are. I mean one one to eleven, they're they're poor. Yeah, you know one to fifteen, they're. they're where are your Sanchez's and your Giroux's and your Santi Corzolas and um, you know your Aaron Ramsey's and and boys like this? They they don't they don't exist anymore. Um, no. I mean they've and no that's, team. And that's they've, and you know what, Chief? That's that's not that's not even a good Arsenal side. You know we can go we can go back to we can go back to you know <laughs> Vieiras and Petit's and. You know, even fucking Ray Parlers and and boys like this and Robert Perez, yeah. they are the the slide, and it's been a it's been a slow slow decline, which has kind of dropped off a cliff since, ironically, Wenger left. Oh, I it's quickened it's quickened uh, noticeably in the last couple of seasons, and now they they really look like they're in trouble. But um, they, yeah, will be interesting to see how quickly they can write that. But they, they look to me like a mid-table side for a couple of seasons to come. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. I kind of always used to like Arsenal, um, even after '89. I think because I really liked Highbury. It's just a great stadium to watch a game of football in. Um, but. It's just, it's, well, I think it's, they're, they're another side. Funny you mentioned that. In the long run, they've probably suffered from their change of venue. Yeah, um, and we're watching. You know, we're watching Spurs at the minute, and they're on a horrible run of form. And um, they could, they could very well repeat that, particularly with the Corona situation, obviously impacting that. But I mean, Arsenal, I think. Well, did, did they borrow? Like, how much? How much did Levy borrow from the government? One hundred and seventy-five million or something. You know. Mad. So it's a lot of money. Um, Absolutely mad. But ultimately, Arsenal suffered off the back of the stadium because they could they had to stay in the transfer market for five six seasons and they never recovered. They've never recovered since then. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Spurs on that trajectory. And it is a it is really a cautionary tale about um, careful what you wish for and, and what are your what are your actual values? Are you are you a business or are you a football club? So. Yeah. Uh, we we'll, we'll see anyway, but I uh, just wanted to get that in because fuck me, they were shite. <laughs> yeah, well they are they have been shite and they are shite, and and the longer Mourinho's there, the shiter they'll become. That's my opinion. Um, my both my brothers are Spurs fans. One's a bit more apathetic towards football. The other is uh, a bit like me, and he, he's just um, I text him yesterday. Because um, he's a big Bob Dylan fan as well, and Bob Dylan's new album was out today. For anybody who didn't know, and it was like, 
um, can't wait tomorrow or something. And he's like, who cares? Because he thought I was talking about Spurs playing today. Um, <laughs> he's like, who cares? And I was like, what are you on about? And he was like, Mourinho's our manager. Who cares? Um, before I corrected him. And he realised what I was talking about. But that's the sort of mood that he's in. And I, I can totally understand that. And I feel if I was him, I'd probably feel exactly the same way. Um, so, yeah, um, I suppose, Steve, we'll, we'll, move, we'll, move on to, we'll move on to business, shall we? On to um, the Mighty Reds. On to the Mighty Reds. Um, City won at 22 points. We're, we're six points away. And let's be honest, we could probably... Certainly... We only need one win, I would say. I can't see City going to win in all of their games. Um, but regardless, this is this is one that you feel um, you feel is an is a nice game to start on. Um, and as we talked, I think Klopp will have Klopp will have prepared them, and the backroom setup will have prepared them better than most teams will be prepared for this. And I always come back to this, but it's kind of been like a bit of a, a like how long does the winter break last in in Germany, Chief? Is it two months? Is it nearly two months? It was or something that that um, that the we were off. Yeah, what the winter? No, what does the winter break standard win- winter break in Germany? The standard last? winter break in Germany is what around about five to six weeks okay so you know if 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 he starts that process of okay it's five six weeks um we maybe start working our way back eight weeks the guys are all still training and blah 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 um he will have more of an insight into most managers um certainly more british oriented managers into how to manage a, a, a gap in the season like that than say Ancelotti, although he was in Germany, not for any sort of length of time. Yeah, I mean, Ancelotti was there for for just first season. It didn't, didn't go so well for him at, at Bayern. Oh, he didn't do that badly, but they. And Klopp has spent his, his his entire career there, basically until he's, he's came here, player and manager. No, no, absolutely, and uh, it's the kind of thing that certainly when he first came to the Premier League, he would have would have been crying out for a break of of five or six weeks. But I mean, this has been what twelve weeks, I think. So it must have been a bit of everything in there. Obviously, you know, at the beginning there would have been uncertainty about whether the season was even going to finish. Um, but you would imagine that, you know, with the professionalism that runs through the club and the way things are done and the position they're in and, you know, they wouldn't have, the club, nobody at the club from the manager down would have allowed any, any sort of standard to slip. And I'm sure that, you know, we've heard, we've heard about the, you know, friendlies behind closed doors, the 6-0 win over, over Blackburn and, um, you know, the way things have been going behind the scenes and, and, you know, there've been various social media things that come out and everyone seems to be in a good way, Liverpool wise. And, and yeah, Klopp has had the experience of, of dealing with those kind of well, a similar break, albeit albeit shorter ones uh, during the season um, in his time in the Bundesliga. But um, but in general, I would have thought that you know, given every, the way things are being done at the club, given the way that 
we've got the top nutritionists, we've got the top sports scientists, we've got we've, we've got throw-in coaches, we've got pretty much anything you can possibly imagine that this would not be. We, we are unlikely to to kind of let that slip at this stage. So I'm sure we'll be going into it in in as in as good a possible shape as as as, as there could be. Um, hopefully everybody's fit. We're probably going to come on and talk. I think there are potentially a couple of niggles, which would be a, a bit annoying. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but in general, I'd say yeah, they'll be raring to go. Like um, I was watching earlier, as I said, the Southampton game, and they interviewed Danny Ings after, and we're saying, what's it like, you know, playing in the strange circumstances and whatever and he's like oh, I was brilliant it was great fun it's just unbelievable to be back out there and I'm sure you know I'd like to think and I'm sure that it is the case that everyone at Liverpool is, is thinking that too and um, I certainly can't wait to, to be watching to be watching us play again for the first time in 13 weeks or however long it is yeah it's uh like I say, I, I haven't really embraced the whole football's back sort of scenario. I, I haven't been obsessed with which games on when. I've watched, you know, an hour a city and Arsenal and, and, you know, maybe 50, 55 minutes of, of the game tonight. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see, I suppose I'm interested to see Naby Keita. Um, I think that could could this could he be the player that has benefited most from this? Could he be the player that's benefited from not not playing football, from getting his body right, from taking guidance and advice, from whatever additional support um, that he's been getting from the backroom staff, physios. Um, sports scientists, etc. You know all these guys making sure that his body's in, in the best condition possible to stop picking up these niggling injuries. And it's all well and good in saying that you can do that, but it's not necessarily something that you can do while a player is playing football. You can't do physio. You can't do physio while you're while you're playing. Um, it, it doesn't work. It's counterproductive. So from all of the noises coming out. There's a lot of excitement around him, and I know we've heard it all before. We've heard it all <laughs> before, you know. Um, and look, I, I I want him to succeed as much as anybody, but there needs to be a point where the the injuries the injuries subside, and we get you know we get to see Naby Keita. 25 matches in a row. We get to see Nambi Kaida be Jordan Henderson and be available no matter what, getting painkiller injections at halftime um, and still the next week be able to show up and start. You know, that that's what you want. And can we get it? We don't know yet, but by all accounts, we know there's we know there's a player in there, Chief, and we know potentially there's 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 literally a game-changing player in there to that team. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's one that we mentioned, and with a couple more, you know, um, obviously Oxley Chamberlain uh, had another bad injury there before uh, the lockdown, but apparently he's back as well. Um, and obviously Minamino, who didn't have an injury or anything, but um, 
didn't really have a chance, hadn't really had a chance to settle, but now he's had, you know, he's had time um, in the, in the city. He's had time at the club. Um, he's been sharp in, in the training matches, in the friendlies, scored a goal, a couple of assists. Um, and, you know, it's one of them where somebody like that arriving, potentially playing behind closed doors could, could, could help. Um, not behind closed doors, obviously there are cameras there, but, you know, without fans, um, could help because that immediate pressure, uh, the immediate noise, the immediate, you know, bombardment of being hit by that, that's, that's not there. Um, obviously it's not something that's, you would imagine a real problem for him anyway, but it, it could have a, a slight effect. Somebody just arriving, um, and, and just trying to, trying to settle in. So that could help. Nabi Kaida, of course, very, very excited and interested this, to see. Hopefully they have got him right now. And if not now, then when? Um, so that's great. I think he's, you know, obviously we know he's he's, he's got wonderful potential. He's, he's actually a wonderful player. He's got more more than potential. But unfortunately, he hasn't been able to get that run of run of games to really show it. Every time he's been getting to the point of showing it, he's he's got picked up another injury and been out. Um, so this this could hopefully be his time, and it might might be a case where we see um, players. I wouldn't wouldn't say fringe players, but but players who um, might not have, have necessarily had a starring role so far chip in and and um, you know show their show their value. For you know, in in the push towards the the title, um, but potentially or realistically, I should say, um, we're probably going to see. Well, we know pretty much the team we're going to see, barring barring injuries. And the question, as always, as ever, might be in the midfield, and, and does Naby come in there? Um, All right. So just while we're on that, let, let's. Saying everyone's fit and saying it's Everton away. What? Let's play the midfield game. What's What's the midfield three? Well, if everybody's fit, then you're you're looking at Henderson and Fabinho, aren't you? And then you know, take your pick. Are you? Are you not? I mean, I don't know if Fabinho starts. Really? Yeah, I don't. I think. Um, Who would you start? I think I don't think his form was great. Whenever, and I, I don't do the who would I start, Chief? I'm because I, I well, who will who will he start? I I try to I try to assess who he might start. And <coughs> pardon me, I know Fabinho's form wasn't great before football stopped. I think, but then he's another that's had all this time to to get back up to speed. Like this is true, um, but. During his absence, Henderson was so good in the six. Um, does he maybe say to himself, "Then you can Henderson. unleash him in the eight. I'll play Henderson, and then what I've got is I've got a choice between Kaida, Oxley Chamberlain, and Wijnaldum as to what I do with the other two two spaces. Um, and that is if he wants to be a bit more progressive and be a bit more adventurous in his approach. Um, and maybe he starts like that and then decides, you know, Fabinho on, we'll leave Henderson on and we'll take one of the more attacking guys off and we'll shore it up. Or, or maybe he goes the other way. 
Maybe I he think goes, he goes the other way. Given, do you think he goes given, Fabinho, Fabinho and the Sex Henderson and then one of, you know, it's probably... I think, I, I think actually he goes Fabinho, Henderson, one of them. And he... Because if you look at his teams against Everton, he, he approaches the Derby, certainly the away Derby, as... It's like a top four respect. game. Yeah. He, he, exactly. He shows him a lot of respect. Um... And he certainly has done up to this point. Whether he changes tack this time, I'm not sure. We did battle him earlier in the season, but certainly in, in the Goodison Derbies, he's tended to he's tended to put, go for his go for his lads, you know, go for his, his tried and tested and most trusted. And I would it's, imagine, yeah, it's the mo- it's the most trusted thing that gets me, Chief. And the thing that always niggles at the back of my head is in big games when when Titus fit, he he plays him. Yeah, there is that. There is that. That that has been the case on occasion before. You'd have to say, although small sort of sample size. But and that and that is it. And I think I think that's the, I think that's even more um, significant that it is a small sample size because it's not that I'll throw him in when he's absolutely right, 100% up to scratch. He's had three, four, five, ten games, the end of the rhythm, and he's part of the side. Every time, to my knowledge, when he is available, he will start. And even, do you remember when Old Trafford and he was just coming back from injury? He was the first sub um, whenever we were 1-0 down. And, and, and these sorts of things just make me feel that Klopp I can see him values him. Sub. I can see him being first sub now that you mentioned that. Because especially with the five subs and the amount of muscle injuries and injuries in general that have been picked up already and that were picked up in the Bundesliga uh, and are consistently being picked up, although not as frequently as as they were in the first couple of weeks, um, I can see us making use of those subs and particularly with a practically fully fit squad. And I can see kind of maybe being, um, I mean, I'm not ruling them out choosing him in, in, in the midfield but I think he probably goes with those three Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum Kaida's maybe first sub and you probably see that first sub on about 60 um, no matter what really whether whether it's tight or whether we're coasting or even whether we're behind OK so let's move let's move up the pitch um, you know we, we've heard little rumblings that, that Robertson's maybe not going to be Available, so you just expect Miller to slot in there. That's pretty much a given. There's also a suggestion that Salah might not be available, so let's just entertain the scenario that he isn't. Um, we obviously go Mane Firmino, but what's your solution for the the Salah omission? Hmm. It's interesting uh, if Salah doesn't start. You've, I mean, you've got a few options, don't you? So you've got you've got the you know just throw in Divock, and you you've know, got loads. Got, you've actually got loads. You've got loads of options, and we forget uh, how many options that we have. You've got tons, so you can you can do that by chucking in Divock. You can bring in play Minamino in there, um, either like for like or switch it up slightly. Uh, play Minamino in behind Firmino and uh, and Mane um, if you want. Um, who else? I mean, you could, you could, you could bring on Oxlade Chamberlain. He's played as part of the front three. I personally don't really like him there. 
But um, done <laughs> no, me neither. But he's but he's, he's used done him, it. He's used him left hand side, and yeah. there's every chance he could use him left hand side and throw Mane right hand side. Yeah, he could do indeed. Um, Shakiri's fit, I would imagine. He could come in, although again, unlikely. He's been used sparingly, but you never know. Um, he does like to throw in curveballs for the derby. I mean, um, I was saying earlier that he's gone tried and trusted, but. You know, that has generally been the case in the Goodison games. But earlier in the season, obviously, in the 5-2, he picked a side which a lot of fans kind of certainly um, certainly raised an eyebrow or two at before kickoff. So you never know. I think Lalana started that game. Maybe Shakiri started it as well, potentially. I'm not sure now that, uh, you know, it's a while ago. But there were certainly a few a few um, surprises. In the, in, the home, in the home game? Yeah. The 5-2 game? Yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say. So, of of that game and and the FA Cup tie, you've you've Shakiri who scored, you've Origi who scored, yeah, and you've you've Curtis Jones obviously in the FA Cup who scored. So, you know, I, I strike I strike top as being a little bit not sentimental, but certainly would read into something like that because there it, it's it's not it's it, it's not a myth. It's not a made-up thing. Um, no. that and Origi loves a goal against Everton. Well, this is what I mean: that players, that players have certain clubs that they just score against. There are countless, there are umpteen examples of players that just cannot help themselves but to score against certain clubs. And Origi is that with Everton. Origi is that guy, you know. And that's why you'd be tempted to. Um to just throw him in. Having said that, he's usually, famously, clichédly almost, better as a sub. But he has had good games from the start against Everton as well. Like I think he started the 5-2 as well, didn't he? I'm sure he did start the 5-2, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm sure he scored early on. He starts, the five, he starts the 5-2 yeah. and he scores two. And he yeah. also starts the game, I think he scores, and he terrorises Everton before Funes Mori um, breaks him. Breaks Break him, yeah. His ankle. You know? Yeah. No, uh, you know, having said, you know, with with that now, having, having brought that up and mentioned, why not just, just go with Divock? If Mo isn't there, um, let's hope Mo is there. And uh, Divock can just come on as a, as a sub and do his thing. Grab another. And would it be would it be a Riggy out the left and Mane out the right then? Or would you do some sort of it would be fluid, wouldn't it? But you'd probably he'd he'd probably start him there, won't he? He tends to. He he likes to put Divock on the left rather than through the through the centre on the right, doesn't he? So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose we'll just sort of kind of wrap things up then, um, Chief. Unless you've anything else you want to touch on? No, I suppose not really. I mean, there's there's no real question marks over selection, barring the slight worry we have over Salah and, and Robertson. As you said, Milner is likely to just slip in there. There is there is the potential that he does something funny with the three at the back, which we, we have done before, but it seems unlikely. What do you reckon? No, I, I, I can't see it. I, I liken this. I liken this to the first game of the season, you know. And who starts at centre back? Is it Gomez and Van Dijk, or is it Matip and Van Dijk? I think it's Gomez. Um, 
like I say, I, th- I think I liken this to the first game of the season. Um, I think we do this very well. If you know, you know, at the start of the season, where you, you've got those, you've got those those batches of games, and I think we manage manage those as batches of games rather than you know part of a season. And I think he'll manage this as a batch of games, and I think that this is the first of those, and I think he will go. You know, this is his. This is his strongest eleven, I think, and I think he goes, he goes his Champions League final team or whatever terminology you want to use. Um, he goes Allison, he goes Trent, he goes, you know, Gomez if he's available, and um, Gomez uh, Van Dijk. Well, do you know what? There, there is an there is an argument. There's an argument to suggest that Calvert Lewin is very good in the air, and maybe he goes. Matip, and there's always that funny little Gomez at right back. Trick I him. really, really hope I that he doesn't do that. I think I don't think he will. I don't think no. I don't think he will either. I think Trent's importance. I think we've moved past that. Word. Yeah, Trent's, me too. Trent's, Trent's no longer our side. right back. He's our no. fucking play. He's our playmaker. Yeah. So. Trent's importance to the side has has superseded that desire to add a bit of extra height to the back four. Um, so much so that I've not even considered that as an option for me. Trent's yeah. like one of the first names on the team sheet. Like, so. I just, do you know what, Steve? I just always remember away to Barca, and I, I sat here and chatted with you and you and Dave Karn, and I said, look, you know, there's there's a chance he could throw Gomez in it right back, and, and everybody was like, no, 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 and I was like, I don't know, you know, he just sometimes does this weird shit, and he did. And I'll always have that in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about games like this, you know. And Calvert Loon's the obvious one to justify making that decision, I suppose. There is that, but we we play in such a way that the chances of Trent being one on one against Calvert Loon at any point in the game are pretty slim. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think Klopp does. Klopp is more pragmatic than we give him give him dues for, and I think you know we. he potentially look at the set piece benefit as well from having Gomez on the pitch. But I, I do agree that I think we've moved past that and Trent's importance to the side will will see that he plays right back as opposed to the Gomez and the defensive attributes that he can bring. So I suppose so, maybe a quick, the question mark maybe Gomez and Matip because of the Calvert-Lewin conundrum. But aside from that, if they're all available, I think I agree with you. The midfield is is Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum, and it's obviously Manny Salafrimino. Absolutely, and for me, if I have to nail a colour, if we have to pick one, I, I would go with with Gomez. But I think you're right; it, it is it is a question mark there. Um, but yeah, and I think that that's going to be a, a, certainly a good enough side to get the job done. And I think we'll absolutely be looking to hit the ground running and everyone says oh we only need to win two games but as as it was mentioned on the rap earlier when I was listening to it very Liverpool will very much want to make it that they win the first two games and, and after that you know we'll see what happens let's just get the job done and we'll no better way to start off again than, than with the derby and uh, to get one over the Blues would is, is always brilliant yeah I think um They'll they'll want to they'll want to win it on the pitch, um, rather than watching City watching City drop points and 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 that be that. Um, oh yeah, so totally. You know, I think that this team this team finds motivation from places, and 
they set themselves targets and they hold themselves to high standards. So I, I don't, I don't believe that this will take more than the two games um, to get the job done. And if City don't go and win their next game, whoever the fuck that's against, then it might not even take two games. But we'll wait and we'll see. Yeah, well, it's Burnley at home. Oh, well then, so it'll take our two games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, um, have you got a prediction, Chief? Um, yeah, let's go with 3-0 the Reds. I'm going to proper, proper save 2-0. Fair enough, nice. It'd be nice as well, and it would be good professional performance. Yeah, I'd love that, love that. All right, well, listen, T, thanks for joining me. It's been a, a pleasure, as always. No worries, yeah, it was good crack and nice to be actually talking about a real game. I know, it's, it's weird. Um, <laughs> it still feels a bit weird. It's kind of like one of those things where I'll not believe it until I see it with my own eyes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, so thanks for joining us. Um, enjoy the derby. Um, up the inevitable Premier League Champions race. <laughs>